Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. We're back for another update today. I have a few significant updates. And if you are following the podcast, so this would not have gone to social media, but if you're following the podcast, you will have seen my update from yesterday. That was an out of cycle update about what's going on in Kazakhstan. The government resigned. It's a whole big thing. And I just want to clarify some points that I did see from various social media chatter, which is hilarious. You got to understand the severity of what happened there. You're talking a bunch of protesters who stormed the government buildings, truly stormed the government buildings, and forced the existing government to resign and get the old regime out and by force. And despite them doing all sorts of bombs and shooting and all sorts of, they couldn't stop the protesters. And then they basically took over to get the, apparently it was a whole big deal with a guy who was part of the government who was slimy as all get out and there was corruption claimed and they wanted to get this out of here as much as they could. And it wasn't, you know, the reaction to the protest of cutting the internet off was kind of like the last straw for people. And so people were filming on their phones, to try to get the footage to various news outlets. It was a whole big thing, but some people on social media were chatting, just basically saying, you know, look, that's an insurrection. What just happened there? That's an insurrection. Contrast it with today, which is January 6th and the anniversary of what happened on January 6th of, you know, 2021, where people stormed, you know, basically government buildings here, but it wasn't anywhere close to an insurrection by definition because you basically just had a bunch of deep, deep, deep type people who went in there and kicked their feet up on people's desks and a couple of people, a couple of nutcases who wore horns and broke some windows. But other than that, like you basically had the equivalent of rowdy kids on a block that just happened to be grown adults almost cussed. That's what you had on January 6th, not an insurrection, because now we see, unfortunately, a day prior to the anniversary of January 6th, we see a true insurrection that I hope, I doubt it, but I hope will kind of open eyes to, because I think it's important not to dismiss the severity of what we say when we say an insurrection. Insurrections are a bad, bad thing. When you're talking about people physically being, having, you know, grenades and shots, that's true insurrection in definition. When you have the government taking private planes out of there because they're just a fear for their lives, that's true insurrection. That's something where it happens in other countries on a, on a pretty frequent basis. And I don't think we should throw that term around lightly as we have done in the media because what that does, and the reason I'm bringing it on this podcast is that when you do things like that and you say things like that and you kind of create this fear-based science, it harms the crypto community because sentiment plays a factor. Sentiment plays into buys and sells, and you tend to harm different tokens when things like that happen. Well, as I mentioned on the late update yesterday, what happened in Kazakhstan, because there was a strong mining community out there, them shutting the internet down harmed everybody, right? So we don't want everybody to be harmed because of true insurrections. We can't avoid those insurrections because they happen in other countries. But what we can do is to start embracing cryptocurrency for what it does in its current state. We can start prioritizing proof of stake, get more support behind it from our various governments to get away from the need for excessive amounts of mining to support what otherwise can be a financial stable product for everybody. But because there's been such a resistance against things like the internet and like you heard about, I think it was WhatsApp was being banned and TikTok was trying to ban it and there's all this internet-based thing that people are afraid of, you see all this banning happening or shutdowns happening, which then affects 
other tertiary products like cryptocurrency. We don't want to see that as crypto traders ourselves. We want to see that we are supporting crypto. To do that, we have to be more, let's say, respectful of the terms we use to describe the events that happen so that we don't affect investor sentiment improperly. What happened last year on January 6th is a bunch of deep, deep, deep people went up to the Capitol and played like kids. That's what happened. A cop was shot, not by any of them, actually by, I believe, another police officer, and nobody really cared about that, and it was admitted that the security was lax. Okay, let's call that out. Our government buildings had terrible security. We needed to fix that to avoid something from people being able to break the windows in the first place, because if you can't get in, who cares? Like, there's more security at the airports than there was at that building that should not happen. So we should work to try to prevent those types of events by way of augmenting the security around those buildings and recognizing that there were lapses so that we don't cause sentiment to fail with other things like cryptocurrency where there's investor sentiment and they're very sensitive to it. I just want to put that message out there because the Kazakhstan situation is very, I say scary for those people, certainly, because um, losing internet because internet's become such a critical function it affects all of us. It, and they're being so, I didn't realize how much they were doing mining and that affects all of us and we should not want that. On a second note, when I was doing some token research, I stumbled across a token and by its name, I will never trade it because I'm come somewhat stigmatized. It's called Helios and I'm not gonna cover it, but I wanna tell you a funny story about Helios. Helios is a common name. It actually is the, I believe the Greek god of the sun is the name, but there's also an airline, Helios Airways, and there was a flight uh, Helios 522, and Helios Flight 22 is most notable for, in 2005, this is in Greece, I believe, uh, somewhere around Greece, but something happened where the the security didn't go right, and because of what happened in the plane, they got hypoxia, which basically means you're lacking oxygen and you're, you're uh, illusions, right? You're not, you're not in your right mind. And so everybody goes unconscious slowly, except one guy who was a passenger who happened to have a little bit of flight experience. The plane's on the verge of crashing into a side of a mountain, and it, he's the only one that's still able to keep consciousness. I don't remember how exactly, but he, he manages to get into the cockpit. This is before the days, mind you, of excessive amounts of not being able to get into the cockpit. So he's able to get in there, but it's too late, and then the plane crashes. And then the fighter pilots are trying to intercept it and try to tell the pilots, hey, what's going on? but they're all unconscious and they finally see that this guy is, is trying to get to the cockpit, trying to do something, trying to save it, he can't, it's too late, the plane crashes in the side of the mountain. It's a very, it's, it's called a ghost plane if you want to search it, but you might be stigmatized against flying if you do. But yeah, that was, that's what it reminded me of is this whole airline that just crashed in the side of the mountain I saw it and I saw its price movement. I'm like, okay, that's not gonna work. Anyhow, let's talk about our tokens that we do want to talk about today. And I'm going to start first with an exchange because I had don't talk about exchanges very much because many of them that I've already talked about are the ones I feel are worth your time, whether to support it or not. However, there were a couple of other ones that I looked at to try to see, okay, what's your whole deal? How do you work? And, and does, it, does it make sense to buy into this guy or not? And before I get into the specific exchange, let me tell you how I got there because I think it's important. Because it all ties to, in terms of the logic of the reason why I cared about the exchange in the first place. I have a stake of Ryoshi Vision, which anybody who's in Shiba Swap, and that's why it's relevant, because it's all tied together. 
who who stakes their tokens in ShivaSwap, your SHIB, you get Ryoshi's vision distributed to you on a regular basis. And I have a decent bag from time of having it staked in there. I haven't bought any Ryoshi vision because I'm not a fan of the community. And I think that they do a piss poor job, frankly, of managing people and communicating. So I have not done anything to kind of work with it. However, because I have this bag, what I was going to do is go ahead and just swap that money over into something else, probably into bone because bone is at an all time low. And I figured I would just go ahead and buy the dips using the Ryoshi to still buy back into the ecosystem, but not have to spend any money out of pocket. So I look on coin market cap because coin market caps where you find out where exchanges for a certain token are, it's the easiest way to do it. It's not always accurate, but it's the closest to start with. Turns out they're on exchanges I've never even heard of. Buybox, Cointiger, and ZT. I heard of XT, didn't hear of ZT. I wasn't going to do Uniswap or ShibaSwap because gas fees were ridiculous yesterday, and I'm pretty sure you noticed this too. It was absolutely nuts. I got a quote for like $200 on one thing for a different token. And so I said, okay, this is not going to work for me, brother. And decided, let me just go ahead and do what I'm doing here and get on the exchange and see what they're talking about. And maybe it turns out to be a decent exchange and I can use them going forward, right? So I go ahead and I create an account for ZT. It's called ZT Global. And its interface, as I look at it, looks very close, very close to like L Bank or Hotbit or anything. Okay, cool. That's pretty straightforward. And I try to go to the KYC because you got to do that in order to get in it. The here's this created a rant that I'm going to share with you today that applies to every exchange. And I will not recommend ZT global to you. They might be a great solid service, but because of this stupidity, I'm not going to recommend them and I'm not going to recommend anybody else who does this. And I know that Binance us is the same way when you do KYC, this is mostly us, but I suspect it's every country. When you do KYC, it generally involves three steps. One is you fill out your basic information, your name, your address, phone number, social, Da, 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 or whatever ID in your country. Then they want to see you upload a copy of your driver's license front and back, generally speaking. And then they want to, some of these want you to either hold up a photo with you holding the ID and then the, the numbers, some number that they give you and, or they'll tell you to get on video. And then with the video, it's doing the stupid auto analysis that frequently fails, especially if you're dark skin. So then a human is looking at it and making a decision. This whole process is inconsistent across the exchanges. When I went through Coinbase, I'm pretty sure I only needed to do, it's, it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure I only needed to do the front and back, the ID and the form. And they just said, okay, cool. When I went through Binance US, I'm pretty sure it was the same process as this one, but it wanted me to do the video stupidity. With ZT Global, it wants the photo. Okay, so I got three different ways of doing it. Coinbase is passed, I never had an issue. Robinhood passed, I never had an issue. Uh, KuCoin passed. I never had an issue. L Bank, I had a little bit of an issue, but it passed and I didn't have to worry about it. Gate.io was smooth, didn't have an issue. And even Ghetto Indoex, smooth, didn't have an issue. With ZT, I gave it everything and it came back after, I want to say, eight hours and it said, well, we don't see all four corners of your ID. Deep, deep, deep. Look, I have, I have a stance. I'm putting it out here right now. Any of these, any of them, I don't care if it's crypto or not, that puts you a failure because you don't see all quote all four corners of an ID will not get my business because it's stupid because 
you have a freaking photo of me holding that same ID where all four corners are exposed and you can see it's just as readable and just as clear as the uploaded photo, which means it's a moot, stupid thing to call out. The image that I give them for the ID is scanned at 600 DPI, which is one of the highest resolutions you can see for a photo. It's almost as if you're standing in the same room. So for them to tell me that just because you can't see all four corners do, 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 and fail it, when you ask me for a photo of me holding the same darn card, no, at that point you've gone way out of bounds because you're not following the standard of KYC. KYC should begin and end with as long as you have the ID and you upload it and as long as that matches the information and as long as you can see the face with that same ID, you're good as far as what anybody in the United States would ever care about as far as government and oversight agencies. 99% of the time, you're going to pass that. They don't care about the corners because they understand. And certain services want you to crop the card, which is why mine has one corner that has a little bit of a few pixels that's not visible. You can see the vast majority of the card, but it is cropped. And it's cropped because if you have excess space around it or excess details around it, your tools can't scan it. They can't read it. So other tools that want you to crop it don't care about the four corners. They just care that it doesn't have excess data. Even your banking, if you do banking and you upload an ID online, they don't care. I've used it in every other service thinkable. But because of this nonsense and because of the way that they're doing that, they're, they're doing it to force you to do stupid stuff in order to do basic trading just for, in this case, one freaking token, I refuse. And so my call out to any tokens who have chosen to use ZT or this other dude, I haven't checked buy box. I, I want to give them a fair chance. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm not talking about them today. I'm only talking about ZT. I didn't look at Coin Tiger. I looked at it briefly, but it seemed like, like a scam, frankly. I will give them a secondary chance and I will go in and I will do the same process and give them a fair shot just to make sure that they're not the same thing as ZT and if it's not and if they're cool then I'll gladly celebrate and reward them but ZT will not get my business ever and I will never recommend anybody use them because I think they're just absolutely a joke I will cover the other ones give them a fair chance if they come back and they're clean then that would be my alternative for dealing with Ryoshi Vision and if you're dealing with Ryoshi Vision and you are considering you know again doing the transaction just like I am then that's the way I would lean you as opposed to what I saw here so that's my exchange. ZT.com does not get my recommendation, will not get my business, and I'm done with them, and I'm done with talking about it. Now, let's talk about some fun stuff, right? Fun stuff, tokens. I have a new token. I actually have quite a few of them, and I, it was hard for me to choose because I don't want to be one of those me too jump on the bandwagon ones. And this one's starting to be talked about by a bunch of people. So is, uh, well, pretty much all three of them have been talked about by people recently. But I wanted to go in order of confidence. So today, I'm only going to talk about the one. And then I will wrap up with our secondary updates about the tokens that I've talked about before. I'm going to leave those last because this is, I think, important for you to hear the messaging on these. Now that I'm kind of getting into the groove as far as the exchange and what I've got in the exchanges, I want to make sure that I give some time to these tokens that that seem like they're doing the right thing and they deserve some view and attention um, from my podcast. One of these you've probably heard about if you ever smelled social media, you've probably heard about one or both of these, but certainly one of them. This one I'm going to be covering is Impact XP. Impact XP, 
I believe, I'm pretty sure it's on the Ethereum chain, if I recall. I have it in the exchange. That's why I don't at that point care. But yeah, it's an ERC token. It's on the Ethereum chain. Looks like it started sometime in November. And it's been getting a lot of chatter. It is supposed to be on the uh, Cytomask, which is why I'm covering it today, because we're getting close to Cytomask release on Saturday. The other token that I will be talking about, I believe, also is on Cytomask. So it all kind of ties together, which is why I waited to cover these guys. So the Impact XP, a.k.a. Impact X Prime, Ethereum token, you can buy it on exchanges, which I recommend. But if you're going to buy into Cytomask, you might kind of hold. If you are interested in it, you might hold on and just kind of see what that buy experience is and see if it's worth kind of just onboarding straight into Cytomask or whether it makes sense to buy on an exchange, Mines and LBank, which I recommend, and then transferring to Cytomask later for the benefits of doing so. Also, if you're a Saitama holder, the kind of the discussion has been that you can trade your Saitama for other tokens. That may be something that you consider doing as well. It has a total supply as of the tokenomics of one quintillion, and half was burned at launch with the locked liquidity for five years. Uh, there's a 3% burn. There's 3% reflections to holders. There's a 4% marketing wallet. There's a 1% for gaming, which I'm assuming is a future state plan that they want to do. And if you notice, most tokens that I've talked about are getting into one, if not multiple, of the following, which is NFTs and or gaming. And so if they're setting aside a wallet just for gaming, that means that they should be able to show some tangible results of that, you know, of that. And I would love to see an accounting of where that money's going, right? Are you talking about gaming development, uh, developers rather, the software for the gaming, the platforms for hosting, servers, et cetera. What, where's that money going? So I want to see more accounting of that. I don't see it on the site as of right now, but I'd love to see something like that where you're telling me where things are going, similar to the way Para Inu is doing. Tell me exactly where the money's going. I think that adds confidence to investors. And confidence has never been a problem for this one. It seems like a lot of people are bullish on it. According to their last report, they have over 10,000, as they call them, impactors, which are holders. Um, they are on the various listing. So CoinGecko, CoinMarketCap, and you can see when you go into your various wallets, you can see and access them directly through Uniswap if you want to purchase there as opposed to an exchange. They did a tech rate audit. And if you remember what I said, I don't necessarily rate tech rate because it feels like they don't do the extensive job of like a dessert or a Certic. So hopefully they will at some point later prioritize at minimum a Certic audit just to make sure that they cover all the bases with respect to the code. And then their long-term plan is to continue growth with marketing campaigns. They're hoping that the site of mask is going to give them more exposure, which I suspect it will. And they should be able to get a lot of traction just by way of that because you could have people, whales and larger holders on Satama who are willing to trade some of their Satama into another project that looks solid. If that happens, then we should see some solid price movements on both sides because remember, volume is always helpful to every project. So even if you have sales of Satama, and I believe there were chatters about doing burns, additional burns according to being listed on site of mask and transit transactions on site of mask. So if that all happens, I believe it could, it lends to positive price movement across the board. 
then yeah, Lbank, Hotbit, XT.com, which I've not covered. That's not ZT. That's XT, which is a different exchange I've not covered yet. So they're on the centralized exchange. You want to do those. They're on Uniswap. But as I said, gas prices are an absolute joke. And I want to talk about the team. So there's uh, the guy's name's Jad, and he's open. He's he's as open as you can ever ask for. He has he's put himself out there by photo, by video, by everything you can think of to just say, no, I'm here. I'm a real person, and I want to make sure you have trust and confidence in this project. Um, they have not done excessive amounts of so-called influencer shill-based marketing today, but I know it's part of their plan. And I know every token does it. My feedback, number one for them would be, please don't do that. I, I know why you do it. I just don't want to see it. What I'd like to see is that more tokens start to engage with the neutral commentary, people who are not compensated for the messaging. Like, I'm not compensated for talking about them. I do hold a bag. It's a decent bag. It's not a whale bag, but it's a decent bag. I do hold a bag. I believe in what they're trying to do. And I hold a bag of Satama, and I may buy some more based on that movement. And so I think I want to see them succeed, but I think it's important to do it on your own merits. I think it's important to be organic in your own growth and not have to pay influencers to shill it because when you do that, my this is my opinion, you tend to get the toxic community growing. That's where Satama is now, and, and increasingly so, is toxicity. And I don't want to see that of Impact XP because I do think that it, it tends to harm projects when you have a toxic community or a very chicken little, like with Shib, the chicken shibbles community. These people come in because of the shills, because of the paid influencers, because those influencers don't care about your project. I think you should want to want the support of people who buy in on their own. It's like I, I put my own money up. Okay. So I got skin in the game. I'm one of you. Right. And I want to see you succeed and I will give you feedback, good and bad. Cause I want to see you succeed and hopefully Jad strikes me as the kind that might be open to it. So I will message this and at them so that they hear this. Cause I want them to, I want them to thrive and succeed. And I hope that they don't go the path of the excessive influencer shills. And they kind of engage with people who are part of the community who are willing to spread the message in a neutral unbiased fashion. I'm not talking to people who say, no, it's to the moon. Doot, doot, doot. I'm talking to the ones that say, here's the goods, here's the bads, here's you want to watch out for, do your own research, et cetera. Because I think those are the ones that are going to last the long term. Uh, like I said, it launched in November and on the Ethereum chain. And because it's Ethereum based, it has access to a lot of different holders and traders. And it may be influenced by whatever happens with ETH 2.0. And you want to keep that in mind because as ETH 2.0, which we still don't have a firm on, as it starts to take form, there are likely going to be some issues fresh out the gate. However, the recent issues with Polygon, which I have not covered separately because it's still kind of in a what the heck, I almost cussed, phase of thought process. But to summarize it in a couple of sentences, the Polygon network was brought to its knees about a week ago, starting by one game, one stupid game. I think it's called Sunflower Farmers, some garbage. And it looks like a ghetto version. It looks like it looks like some teenager's initial stab at trying to copy Stardew Valley. That's what it looks like. But Apparently, there's there's some issue where you play this game and you earn tokens in it and at, by playing the game and, and farming crops and all this stuff. So it's brilliant. Like if you took Stardew Valley and you did that, that would be a huge, to me, win for crypto because it's it's the basics of playing a game that's already fun, right? Well, they priced the token weird <laughs> to where 
as you get these tokens, it gave you one Matic, which is the Polygon token, but the price didn't make any sense. So one Matic, I think at the last was like $2, but getting this coin that they have, you could get like hundreds of them by playing for like an hour, two hours. There's like, and so people are building bots to try to automate this farming and planting and farming and planting. So they figured out a way to exploit it. And so the volume started increasing as people were exploiting this. People were making thousands of dollars out there. But the Polygon network was brought to its knees because of all the transactions that were happening and the, there's cost to save. It's a whole big cluster, right? So the Polygon network was brought to its knees. It still hasn't recovered as far as I can tell. It's still just oversaturated, under attack. And it's the reason I'm bringing it up here is because ETH2O was in response to what happened with, I believe it was CryptoKitties on the Ethereum side, the same thing happened where the network was just brought to its knees, gas prices were out of control, performance was a joke, you couldn't do transactions. And so why I'm calling it out, Ethereum 2.0 will or will have a significant impact, no pun intended, on Impact XP's potential for growth because of the timing of its start of popularity. Like it's right at the point of starting to get a real good groove and the timing aside of mask, and it's going to be interesting to watch it and how they react to it. There's going to be issues with ETH 2.0, but I, I want to hope that Impact XP will consider other networks in addition so that different people can buy in at different networks and then bridge them. That way, if there's an issue on one, you can just you know buy in another network, set it out, and then bridge to another one. So if they're listening, that's something to think about is possibly different networks so that you're not beat up when things don't go clean with ETH2O, as I suspect they won't go clean. Uh, they do have a white paper on the site, which is always a celebratory thing. Now, of course, they've been out for a couple months, so I'd be shocked if they didn't have one. Uh, but when I w looked at the white paper, the white paper is, as with many, it's basically a copy of what's on the site. I'm not a fan of the white paper. It doesn't tell me anything more than what I could have gotten on the site. Theirs looks like it's more a light paper, not a white paper, and that's okay for their target audience because it looks like they've already been able to convince people about the way things should go, but my feedback to them would be your white paper should be a little bit more detailed about how you're going to do things. When you talk about gaming, let's dig a little bit deeper into what you mean and the kinds of games you're going to do. We'd like to see some, maybe some wireframes or something that gives a little bit more meat and bones. A little bit more of the who, like the who's not called out hardly at all in the white paper, and I think it should be. And you're more more on the timeline. So when you talk about uh, integration, they were saying integrating currency on a platform with a percentage going to fight global warming and carbon footprint. You need to tell us, what do you mean by that? How do you plan to do this? Give us more details, right? A certain platform, what does that mean? Tell us more details. Dig into a little bit more. Later, they talk about donations to things like solar panels, hydroponics, organics. That's cool. However, what numbers can you put around this, right? So when we talk about solar panels, we know that solar panels are only effective when there's enough solar energy in order to sustain it, and it's never going to be able to replace fossil fuels completely. So we know that a hybrid approach is going to be needed. We'll talk about that. Talk about what, a, what saturation do you expect? What kind of impact do you anticipate? If you're saying we're going to solve the world and replace everything with solar, I already know it's going to fail. So be realistic and give some numbers, and that should be in your white paper. That would be my only feedback, and that's because, again, when you get to the serious investors, they're going to want to see that stuff. And for it to sustain its growth, and it does have a lot of solid growth, but to sustain that growth, 
you're going to need to start digging a little bit more into what you're talking about. So it's not just a high level kind of pie in the sky. This is what we hope we're going to do. But long term, this is what we plan to get done. But tell me why. Tell me how. Tell me the mechanics. Tell me the deets, as the kids say. Other than that, I think it's a solid project. I think they have a good community. I think its growth has been really good. I think pairing with Cytomask is a solid strategy fresh out the gate. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything necessarily risky about it. Again, it's just some fine points that really a lot of tokens seem to struggle with the same thing, which are more of the serious investor type, you know, minutia that I would throw out. I just, I think that they're important. I don't think enough tokens take them into credence. And I want to see more kind of say, yeah, we need to kind of shore that up and get a little bit more uh, of the serious investor pool. I don't see an anti-whale. And I call out anti-whale in every review just because, again, anti-whale could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. It just depends on how they implement, what they implement, what's going to happen. When I looked at the different mechanics, like the burn, the reflection, the marketing wallet, the gaming wallet, the locking, the burning... It seems like it's robust, like it seems like it's equivalent roughly to what Satama has in place with greater burn percentage, I believe, greater reflections percentage, I believe, uh, a lean towards gaming ever slightly, a decent presentation. So I don't expect there to be a migration, but who knows? There could be a situation where they say, okay, we're going to just go and redo this because there's nothing we could do. It doesn't look like the ownership's renounced, according to what it says. So it's possible that they can introduce changes to the contract at some point. And if they did do that, then that's something that you want to keep in mind as well. From a diverse portfolio perspective, I will call out that they seem to be stable in the price movement to the point that if you do have it as part of the portfolio and you invest an amount of money into it, and it doesn't take a lot to because it has a lot of zeros at this point and good momentum. It doesn't take a lot for it to fit into your portfolio and kind of sustain itself, meaning that the amount of reflections that you get and the price movement that you get helps keep the value stable. Of course, it was affected by the various sales happening yesterday, just like every other token, but it does seem to have rebounded very solid on the back end. A little bit of a caution because of its inventory, and it's a lot of inventory, it does have some whale sales and there's no anti-whale. So just be aware that yes, you could see situations like, you know, $10,000 and $20,000 and $30,000 sells that will happen on a regular basis because it's so cheap to buy in. And at this point, it's early enough that some of the whales are just kind of taking profit. So it's going to be a little bit of a long haul, but if it can get to the same velocity like Satama did, where it's able to essentially drop a zero every month, then yeah, this one has very strong profit potential, depending on how you bought in and what they're able to do with Cytomass. So that's Impact XP. I'm, I'm reasonably confident about it. I think it's a solid project. I think there are just some core fundamental things I'd love to see shored up. They're not major deals. They're just, I'm picky about those kinds of things, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm always wanting the project to sustain long-term. It's not about the short-term, okay, do it right now thing. It's let's get to the point where now we can, you know, sustain long-term. And then the last point I said, I, you know, the tech rate audit's cool, but I would love to see that there is a certic audit at minimum, desert finance maybe, but certainly a certic audit minimum. Maybe they've applied to it. I didn't see it on the site that they did just so that we can uh, get to the point moving forward. And then let me go ahead and circle up with our various other updates. So Para Inu, 
with the with what's going on with the old red and the Kazakhstan and the Bitcoin, everything else, Para Emu is is now once again a standout with solid green performance. Uh, to the point, I up my bag and I now hit the trillion mark in terms of tokens that I hold. I'm extremely bullish on it because it's been able to rebound. It it was down under sell pressure consolidation, and it's been able to rebound better than anything else in my entire inventory of portfolio. And I, I'm, I'm still shocked about what the heck's going on there. Uh, EarnHub, which I mentioned before, is it seems like people just took their money and ran, which is interesting because it's, it's a passive income token. That's its whole sales pitch. And it seems like people weren't sold on it. And so they, it's down, but I'm, I think it's going to recover probably about the end of Q1 is my guess. We're going to see more people buying back into EarnHub. But right now, it's at a steep discount. So if you're interested in passive income, EarnHub is what I would recommend to you. And it's because it's discounted right now, you can get like $5 million for like $30. So think about in terms of the passive income, you would need to have a pretty decent bag to get the passive. But I don't think it's going anywhere. It's certainly not a scam. It's got strong potential. And the more money you put into that one, the more reflections you will get once the volume starts to pick back up. Then Antis Inu which is, again, the one I covered that's trying to take down SHIB. It has had some significant price impact, but I suspect that it's it's getting beat up because of the SHIB, what's happening to the SHIB in the ecosystem, which is all down and in the red. I think they're all correlated. I think they're all tied in there. I'm still reasonably bullish on that one. I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it and see what additional moves they're going to make to try to appeal to more investors. They've already sent a token to everybody, so what else can you do? And then I'm going to be talking about on probably tomorrow's episode, maybe next week, there was an, I'll call it an underdog because it's really new, but it held value. It held the line for the longest time and then just recently started hitting red movements, but it has the opportunity to show you data about tokens that are worth investing and tokens that are honeypot potential before you ever buy into it simply by way of the wallet. So when you plug it in, you'll get information that helps you make some decisions. So I'm going to talk about that one and the token because holding the token is how you get access to some of the features. There's a number of them out there, but I want to talk about that one. DYOR token completed their transition. So the contract is locked for the current. So you should not and you cannot buy into the current DYOR token. That's by design because they are moving to the new token. The next step is that they're going to do open up the ability for people to manually kind of pre-sell into it, manually move their tokens into the new contract should they choose to, or you just wait till the 15th when they're going to open up the new contract. They released a new logo on the video. Everything seemed like it went reasonably smooth with what they were planning. We don't have any additional data at this point. So just understand that that one's basically now in a migration phase. If you were not watching social media and you didn't get to see the video, it is out there. DYORpro.com is their site if you want to check that one out. And I do recommend that you do just so you're aware of what's going on. And then last, New Year Token, which I briefly said, I don't know what the heck's going on with them, is starting to trend back up again. I suspect that this whole downstream of the industry is going to start putting more eyes on the lesser projects, the ones that are kind of cheap to buy into, and some pumps and dumps. So be aware if you got these projects that are like a penny right? They're just, they're equivalent to penny stocks. They're really dirt cheap. You might see some pump and dump activity going on with those like Keanu. I'm seeing pump and dump, uh, Santa coin for whatever reason, rich quack. I'm seeing a couple that's, they're just pump and dump because they're buy in, take profit, sell it, buy in, take profit, sell it all the way down to ones like 
uh, or Cosmos and Cosmos is a few bucks. So I don't know if that's just symptomatic of what's going on in the industry. I suspect that it is, but be aware that that's a thing. And then of course, as I mentioned, the whole SHIB ecosystem is still in the steep red and bone is in an all time low. So if you're trying to get into the governance side of the SHIB ecosystem, now will be the time to buy bone. If you don't want to get ripped off on gas, you can buy bone through Hotbit. That would be an option. That's what I did. And the beauty of Hotbit is that it lets you soft stake those tokens there and they have a yield and you can get some returns by just holding it there as opposed to putting it in Shiba Swap and then put it in Shiba Swap when gas prices kind of reconcile themselves and come to some common sense. If you hold the regular SHIB token, you will notice that there were points where it started to breach the lower resistance. I believe this is symptomatic of two things. One is the sentiment loss that I mentioned before where people are selling, but also with what's happening to the larger industry of Bitcoin and Ethereum and the price movements down. When those are affected by price movements, remember they're stored in liquidity. So as that value goes down, it's going to affect the value of your tokens. With SHIB specifically, I think it's a dual whammy. And I think the sentiment is harmed and I hope the team comes out and rethinks their plan or at least announces some sort of a burn because I think it's the only way that we're going to get strong price movement going into 2022. That's all I got for you guys. I don't have a lot more, but tomorrow I will cover another heavy token that's been getting some traction and some steam and some exposure and some visibility. But keep an eye out what's going on, especially with the Bitcoin. Don't worry about it. Buy the dips. You're good. I promise you. <laughs>